I am honored that you are here with us today. Uh, as Eric said, if, if you're new or visiting with us for the very first time, uh, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Man, we are humbled. Uh, we are honored to have you here today with us. And we're just so glad that you chose uh, to worship with us here at Alpine Church. And, and I think you're here at just the right time. In fact, we're right in the middle of our series uh, that we're going through the core values that we have as a church. Uh, we believe that what we value matters, and so everything that we do here at Alpine Church, our values, uh, the things that matter to us, uh, are really central to our mission, and that is to help people pursue God. And so uh, we're coming up on two decades, almost 20 years together as a church, so that's a reason to celebrate, yeah? And so uh, one of the things that, that we wanted to do as we are kind of going into this 20-year uh, time together, we wanted to re, uh, kind of reshare and uh, re kind of discover our core values so that you as a church can see who we are and why we do what we do and how we do it here at Alpine Church. And so we're in week three today. Uh, if you were here with us over the last couple of weeks, the first core value that we talked about was uh, really one, one of the most important things, I think, is that we look to God and his word in everything that we do. Uh, here at Alpine Church, we believe that God's word is our standard of truth. We believe that all of scripture is God-breathed. It's his directive for us. It leads us and it guides us and it challenges us and it corrects us. And so everything that we do is based on the foundation of God's word. And so last week, if you were here with us, uh, we then saw that the Bible has a lot to say about relationships, doesn't it? <laughs> and so we looked at healthy relationships, and the second core value is that we value healthy relationships. Uh, we know that they're important, we know that they need to be authentic, we know that they are imperfect, and we know that they need to be nurtured. And so that kind of then leads us today into our third core value as a church. And so if you've been taking notes, you're following along with us, we're going to talk about that third core value today, and it's this, is that we give up things we love for things that we love even more. Uh, we give up some of the things that we love, our values, our preferences, things that are very, very important to us for things that we love more. And today we're specifically going to see the things that we love more as a church, and hopefully you love in your life, is God's mission and his purpose for us. Uh, how many of you know that we have a lot of choices in this world as Americans, right? Uh, one of the things that we like to do uh, at our house is we like to go to Maverick and, you know, if we're out doing a soccer run or doing some sports with the kids or maybe we're out on a drive, uh, we like to go into Maverick and get like a soda and a candy. Anybody else like to do that? Is it just us? I mean, I mean, you can go through our debit card. It's like Maverick, 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 right? It's probably not very good. Uh, but what we do is we go in there and we say, uh, my daughter, she's eight years old. It's always a, a journey with her when we go into Maverick. You know what I mean? If you got young kids, right? Uh, we go in there and I know what I want every time. I'm going to go in. I'm going to get either like a soda or a Gatorade and a bag of dill pickle flavored spits. Anybody ever had those? They're delicious. So good. So I'm going there every time. And then I, I'm going to come back and see where my daughter is. And she's always in the candy aisle, isn't she? Right? I mean, you, you know this. And so uh, it, it's like a, what should be maybe a five to ten minute uh, kind of ordeal ends up being like what feels like an eternity. You know what I'm talking about? Like literally going through every single item. I think she touches every piece of candy in the candy aisle. You know what I'm talking about, right? Bag of Skittles. Dad, is, is this what I should get? Well, yeah, Skittles are great, right? If you love hard candy and sour candy. I love them. That's a great option. Well, then she goes over to the Snickers. Oh, I love Snickers, right? I'm like, maybe you should grab two of those. You know what I mean? Uh, we love Snickers, but then it's to the next, kind of the next thing, and we're picking up all of these things, and there's all of these options, 
And why is it that they always find their way over to like the aisle that has like a toy with a little piece of candy and it's like 10 bucks, right? Dad, can I get this? No, let's get that 35 cent lollipop right there, right? That's a good idea. But there's all of these choices and even after like an hour or what feels like an eternity, she doesn't even end up getting candy. What does she get? She gets a drink, right? Like what the heck? And, and so think about this, in everything that we do, we have all of these choices. I mean, think about TV, right? Direct TV, I mean, there's some four, 500, 600 channels that we can choose from. Netflix, you know how many movies they have on Netflix? 4,000. That's a lot of movies. And I know most of you binge-watched half of them during the, co the COVID quarantine. You know what I'm talking about, right? We have all of these choices. What are we going to watch? Uh, you know, we go out to food. We live in a, a culture and a society where we can just get any kind of food that we want, right? And even when we go into a place of food, we can get it exactly how I want it, right? I want a burger that's this way. I want this condiment. There's all of these choices. Uh, how about coffee? Anybody here love coffee? Anybody? Is it just me? There's a few of us, okay? If you haven't tried our coffee out there, you should do. It's really good. Uh, but I go to Starbucks. You know, Starbucks is pretty easy. And, and I'm, I'm a, just like an average Joe kind of coffee guy. And so I get a caramel macchiato. And, you know, my choice is I like it extra hot because I want it to be hot a little bit longer. So I'll say caramel macchiato extra hot. But have you ever been in Starbucks and listened to some of the things that people ask for, these choices that they have? I mean, honestly, like some of the things, like 16 pumps of this and sugar-free this and turn it upside down and put ice on it. Like, what is going on, right? Like, I, I say this because I came across this order online. Would you look at this? If this is you in this room, dear Lord Jesus, we need to pray for you right now. <laughs> we need to exercise the demons out of you, because this is terrible. 35, 4 degrees, banana, strawberry, whatever. But we have all of these choices in our life, right? And I think what happens is, what happens is, is this then turns into uh, also what we view in Christianity, Right, we, we think about churches. I mean, think about all the options. Google churches, and you can find a slew of churches all around. I can go here to this church, or I can find this church around me. And, and nowadays, you can even do church online. Right, we can do church online, and, and we can do all of these things where we can choose who we want to listen to. We can choose to the, the message that we want to hear. There's celebrity pastors, right? We can have church our way because we have all of these options. And you know what, what I think that is? I think that's something that we call consumer Christianity, where we want church or we want faith or we want uh, what we do in our relationship with God to be our way. And you see, I believe that there is something God wants for us that's much more different than consumer Christianity. I think that, that God wants us to understand that there's a bigger picture, there's a bigger mission, there's a bigger purpose than just what we Want. And so today, as we look hard into this core value, I'm going to ask that God would challenge every single one of us on our view on church and our view on what we, what we think is most important in our life. Let's pray together. Father God, I, I thank you that you are a God who loves us and who cares about us. God, I pray that today uh, that we would be challenged by your word. God, that we would be uh, challenged by who you are, what you want for us. God, may we practice this value where uh, we understand that, that not everything is about us. In fact, God, everything is from you. And so may the number one thing that we do, God, would be point ourselves and point people to you in everything that we do. We love you so much, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're following along, the first thing that I, that I want us to look at today, and have you ever really thought about this, is, is that the church, really kind of the local church where we're at today, and we could say Alpine Church or, or any other local church, 
really is one of the very few organizations that exists for its non-members. The church should at least exist for its non-members. Now that might sound a little bit different. If you call Alpine Church home and you feel like you're a member here, you might be saying, well, what? I mean, think about this for just a moment. I mean, most organizations exist for their members, right? We have things like AAA. AAA is available for you if you have, uh, you need roadside assistance, but that's a paid membership, right? It exists for its organization or for its members. AARP, right? It's something that you have that gives you discounts and directions and all these things, but you have to pay for it. AARP exists for its members. Uh, Think about any major business corporation, Right, they exist and they make money for their customers. Right, they, but at the end, the end goal of that is to make financial gain for themselves. But you see, the church should be different. You know, it's it's been said before that the the ch- church or the local church is the hope of the world. Have you ever heard of that? The local church is or should be the hope of the world. This should be a place where we are extending the love and the grace of God to everyone outside of these walls. You see, I think what happens is we come into church and we say, this is about me. It's for me. It needs to be about me. You see, I believe that God has something different. And this means sometimes we have to give up the things that we love, our preferences, our desires, what we think church should be, for something that we love more, which is God's purpose. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says about this in 1 Corinthians. He's talking to a church that was being really easily swayed, uh, kind of pulled and pushed to, to make life really about them. And listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others. And listen, he does this so that many may be saved. You see, what the Apostle Paul is saying is that evangelism or reaching the lost or telling people about Jesus is the goal. He says that I do all these things, the things that I do is to point people to Jesus. You know, you may read this and you say, well, is Paul saying I do everything that I can to, to please everyone? Does that mean that I, that I shift and shape my beliefs or what I say and, and what I do differently with this group of people than I do with this group of people, that's not at all what he's saying. What he is saying is that I put other people above me, their preferences, their desires, their needs above me, so that they can be pointed into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, I I think what's so crazy about this is when we look at something like this, this isn't typical in our life, is it? And this isn't this is totally countercultural because we live in a society where it's all about me, right? I'm looking out for myself. I'm looking out for number one. It's about my preference. It's about my desire. It's about what I want. But the Apostle Paul says, listen, it shouldn't be about us at all. Really what it should be about is other people. You know, I, I, think, I think it's important that we should understand that you should choose a church that challenges you to love God with everything that you have. You know, the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, everything that you are. You should live to, to know him and to honor him. But Jesus said that there's something is equally important. You remember what he said? He said that, that that there's something equally as important is that you should love your neighbor as yourself. And so I think we get the self part right, and we miss the neighbor part. And so we need to begin to understand that church just isn't all about us. It's really 
about the lost. It's really about other people. And that is why we do things a little bit different. You know, we are called to be spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. And so how do we do that? So these are our next two points. How do we do that? Well, I think the number one thing that we do is that is really our second point if you're taking notes, is that we're willing to sacrifice what we think is best for us in order to give God's best to those around us. Um, this is hard for me. I'm pretty selfish at nature. Anybody else in here selfish? Or is it just me? Okay, yeah, everyone should raise their hand. Okay, good. That was a softball. We all should. We're all selfish at the core. That's who we are. That's our nature. It's our sin nature. But I would like to say that over, you know, I'd say about 18 years I've been married, I've gotten really, really good at putting my wife above myself. I mean, she's not here yet. You can come back next service and ask her, and she'll tell you. Because I am a firm believer in this old saying that they say, a happy wife equals a happy life. Can I get an amen, both men and women in here who are married, right? Right? Like we've, we've learned that over time, that's just, you know, how we do it. And so I try to do things in my life that elevates my wife. Here's just one example of this, one, one example. My wife is cold all the time. She's one of those people that would literally wear like a sweatshirt in that's 100 degree heat, right? And she's always cold and shivering, and I'm always hot, <laughs> like super hot. I'm the other, I'm the other way around. And, and one thing that this causes friction in is at night when we're sleeping in the bedroom. Now, this is going to sound weird. That sounds really weird, but that's not where we're going with this. In our room, there is, uh, there is a air conditioning unit on the left side of the bed. My wife loves to sleep on the left side of the bed, okay? And she also keeps our house at 76 degrees. That's a sin, in my opinion, right? But she likes to keep it at that high. And so at night, 76 degrees isn't very cool. And so when that kicks on, everybody wants that air conditioning. And the only one who's getting it is my wife. And, and I look over there, and she's bundled up in blankets, wrapped up in blankets, sleeping wonderfully. And I'm over on the other side of the bed with bar barely anything on, like, dear God, it's so hot in here, right? <laughs> and all I can think of is I give up things that I love over there for things that I love more right there in that blanket. Now, that I, it's taken me 18 years to get there. And I'm not telling you this. That hasn't been hard. It's been very hard. But I begin to understand that in life, I need to put other people's needs, wants, desires above my own, especially in family. But I think this also goes in outside church relationships. And so what does this mean? Well, I think we can find this in Scripture as we look in Philippians chapter 2. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now, this is hard for a lot of us. I know it's hard for me. It says, don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others. So, you know, I love that the Bible sometimes is very clear and direct. He's saying, listen, very easily, don't be selfish. Put others first. It's not just all about you. It's about other people too, not just in life, but also in the church. And I think what happens is we come to church and we think, man, this has to be everything that I want it to be. The worship has to be the way I want it to be. The message has to be the way that I want it to be. If it goes over an hour, oh my goodness, right, I'm never coming back. You know, if, if the kids' church isn't the way that it's supposed to be, you know, whatever it might be, like, we have these preferences. And you know what that is? That's me, 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 I, I, I. You see, we, we, we have this idea that this is what it should be. It should be everything that I want it to be. And if it's not, I'm going to go find somewhere else that is. Luckily, you're here. You love Alpine Church, right? You're here today. Hopefully, we don't scare you away. 
But let me, I just, want, I just want to be clear and I want to be honest with you. As a pastor on staff, I've been on staff for a very long time. When I view this, this core value at our church, this means that everything that I do as a staff member, as a pastor, everything that I say on stage is to point people to Jesus in the most clear, concise, compelling, and easy way to let them know that Jesus loves them more than anything in this world and he loves them just the way that they are. And so sometimes that means my preferences, my desires, the things that I want to do or say or be, I have to change in order to get them to be in relationship with Jesus or to point them into their next step of pursuing God. Now, does this mean that we shift and change what we say? Does this mean that we only pick certain things out of God's word and do those things? No, absolutely not. But this means that what we do is we are intentional about how we do church so that when we present the gospel, when we lead people into worship, we do it in a way that is understandable, that is clear, and that it helps people take the next step. Listen to what, what Jesus said. He says, but among you, you'll be di it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else, right? We get to this part of the Bible, and it's a little bit touchy, right? Are we willing to be a servant to everyone? Are we willing to be enslaved to everyone? You see, we live in a world where we strive to be number one. Are we willing to put everybody above ourselves? That's a question that we all have to answer for ourselves. You know, here are just a, a few examples of how we do this as a church, and I think this is important. If you're visiting with us, uh, this is a good lesson for you to understand why we do what we do or how we do what we do. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to show you some things on this side that are good that we believe. On the other side, there are things that are better. The first is this, is deep, uh, intentional, meaty sermons. Now, one thing that I love to do as a teacher is when I'm preparing for a message, I love to dig into God's word. And I love to, to look at the original language in Greek and Hebrew and, and to study commentaries and to see like all of the things that, that the, the author is speaking to that people in that time and that culture and context but, but if I were to bring that all of the time on Sunday morning, that might be a little bit difficult. You know, what about my, my unchurched friend or my neighbor who has never experienced God's word before? Is that the best thing? Well, well I would personally say no. And I believe that the best thing is this, is understandable sermons. Sermons that someone can come in and they can hear God's word and they can understand it for themselves. So they can wrestle with it and grapple with it and when they leave... The God's word itself has changed them. Another thing, long worship times. I was a worship leader for a very, very long time, and I love worship. Worship is what we did earlier today. And we have amazing worship team members. Was, was today really good, right? It was good. It was awesome, yes. And, and, and so if it were up to me as a worship leader, there would be times where I just want to keep going on in worship. Right, because I love worship, I love the music, I love how it is me saying, God, I'm giving, I'm surrendering my time, uh, my voice, even though it's not very good, I'm going to give it to you, God, because you deserve it, right, because you're God that, that is a part of my life and I want to worship you. But what about that person who comes in and who has never once seen a church service before? We did worship for an hour. You know, we, we have opportunities for people to do that, and here's what I think that is more important, is worship that's not distracting. And you might be thinking, well, what does that even mean? Well, I think what that means is that we still stand true to honoring and worshiping a God who loves us and cares about it, but we do it in a way that isn't distracting, that isn't weird. <laughs> and so we have times like 
uh, worship nights where we get to worship together for an hour. I mean, just awesome times that we do that, but we are intentional about what we do on Sunday morning. Here's another one, sleeping in on Sunday morning. Uh, you're good. It's 1030. So the Riverdale, you get to get here at 10. You should thank Eric for that, right? But, but some of our other services, some of our other services, 9 o'clock, that's hard to do. And sometimes I want to sleep in, right? And that's a good thing. Everyone loves their sleep. I know I do. That's a really, really good thing. Well, what's better? I think what's better is getting up early to serve. One thing that we say is why don't you serve one, attend one? Why don't you come to church? And if you call Alpine Church home, why don't you serve in one service, the one that you woke up for, and then stick around and experience God there? Attend one, serve one. Anybody in here feeling convicted? If you're convicted, you can sign up for Kids Church today. Amen. And God will honor that. <laughs> what about this? A little bit more practical, my privacy. You know, I'm a kind of person who, when I get home, I kind of want to decompress. This is my home. And so I kind of want to just, at times, just be about me, be about my family. It's easy to get stuck inside. You know what's better? And this is going to be hard for us introverts, is opening my home to my neighbors. That love your neighbor part. You know, how about this? Safe, comfortable relationships, relationships where we feel comfortable. Maybe it's relationships in the church and a, a small group. I can, I can love God with other people who love God, but am I really doing something that's better? Which in reality is this. It's the next thing. I've lost it. You can follow me along. It's telling people about my faith. You know, it's easy to be in relationship and to be comfortable in relationship but it's even more better to tell people about my faith. Again, sign up for Kids Church, and if you have a child, you can go get them right now. <laughs> Let's go to the next one, which is uh, our next slide, which is what's good, getting spiritual fed. Have you, have you ever heard anybody say, hey, I, I want to be fed in life? <laughs> I want to go to a church where I'm being fed? <laughs> well, he here's what I think is even more important than that, and you guys aren't saying it, but I think something more important or better than that is mentoring someone else. You know, taking the next step in your faith and saying, listen, this isn't all about me and coming to church and just getting spiritually fed and then going home and doing nothing. But then it says, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to lead my spouse. I'm going to lead my kids spiritually. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm going I'm to point people around me to God. You see, that's, that's the mission. That's what's better. You see, I know I've done it in my own life where I come to church and I check off the boxes, and that was really good for me. But what's better, I think what's better is what Paul was saying, is putting other people above myself. And sometimes that means we give up things we love for things we love more. You see, the reason why we embody this core value is because it's different. It, we, as the church, we as followers of Jesus Christ, are called to be different. We're willing to serve instead of being served. We're willing to love and to sacrifice and to put other people before ourselves because that's what God has called us to do. You know, one of these examples in my life personally uh, has just hit home. I was thinking about, well, what does this mean for you like in your personal life? You know, we talk about the church, but what does this mean for you in your personal life? I have three kids. Um, one, of my, one of my kids, Ashton, he's my oldest son. Uh, he loves soccer, and soccer has been a big part of his life. Um, I grew up loving soccer, too. I, I went to school in, in Minneapolis. I played soccer. I loved it. It was something that I loved. And so when I, when I had my son and he loved soccer, I was super excited. And so I was that, like, hover dad who's like, I'm going to coach him. And, and I'm going I'm to give him all the, the skills and the giftings that, that I had. And I'm going to teach him that. And I'm going to watch him excel. And so a buddy and I started a team. And we had a really, really good team. 
a, a really good young team. Like we were winning games and this was exciting and the club was growing and, and all of a sudden I began to see that my relationship with my son was starting to, to be fractured. And the reason why is because my son is a 14-year-old version of me and that is full of drama, extremely competitive and loses his cool very quickly. <laughs> so then when you have two people doing that, immediately what happens is friction. And so I remember being like, Ashton, you, you got to do this and you got to do that and I believe in you. And, and really what he was hearing is his dad just yelling at him. And I begin to realize like my relationship with my son is being fractured. Well, I had all of these other parents and kids and we were a part of this team. Like what am I supposed to do? And I also really like doing this. This is fun. I'm coaching and, and I love the sport. And I begin to realize that I had to give up something that I cared about, that I loved, that was important to me. For something that I loved more, which was my son and a relationship with him. And I tell you what, even today, our relationship has experienced the results of being fractured. You know, maybe it's a relationship that you're involved in that you have to give something up for something better. Maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's something in your life. Whatever it might be, what is God saying that you need to give up? Something you love. Maybe it's even a good thing for him to do something better in your life. You see, that, that's what we hope that you would understand, that God wants us to understand that other people are important. Other people sometimes are more important than us. Let's get into our last point. I, I think this, I think about this when I think about Jesus. Really, Jesus himself is the model for this core value of sacrifice. I, I can't think of a, a, a better picture of sacrifice than Jesus Christ himself. Because you know what? He gave up something that he loved. His very life for something that he loved even more, which is you and me. Friends, we, we have to understand that, that Jesus Christ literally gave up his life because he loved you and me so much. He gave up everything that was precious to him, his very breath, so that we could be in relationship with the living God. He gave up something that he loved for something that he loved more, and that's me and you. You know, if we read into Mark chapter 10 again, and we read, but it'll, among you it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. And listen to what it then goes on to say. It says, for even the Son of Man, God himself, in fleshly form, Emmanuel, God with us, left the confines and the comfort of heaven being worshipped by the angels of heaven. It says, even the Son of Man, God himself, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And sometimes I, I don't think we understand this. We have to understand that, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world to live a life that we couldn't live. You see, at the very beginning of time, we went our own way. We sinned. We wanted it to be about us. From the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, it was all about them. And you see, what God should have justfully done is he should have said, you are cursed because of sin. Instead, what he did, he made a plan, even in Genesis chapter 3, so that we could be in relationship with him. And he did that by sending his son, Jesus Christ, into this world to live a life that we couldn't live, to die a death that we deserved so that we could be in relationship with God. And he did that because he loved us. He loved us more than he loved his own life. 
And so when we come to passages like John 3.16, when we begin to understand this core value of sacrifice, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then we see on the flip side of that, if we go into 1 John 3.16, we see this value of sacrifice, what this really means. We know what real love is. We know what sacrifice is because Jesus gave up his life for us. And then here is the charge then to us. When we experience life change that comes in a relationship with Jesus, what should the overflow be? Should it be all about me? No. It should be we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters and give up things we love for things we love more. Now listen, it's important that you come to church and that you grow and that you are challenged and that your relationship with God, it grows. But please understand that if you come to Alpine Church, our desire is that we will help people pursue God. And so that's everyone. Wherever you're at in your journey, we want to push you into the next step. But the most important thing that we want for people is that they would experience a relationship with the living God. And everything that we do is to point people to that. We give up our preferences. We give up things we love for those people. We do things a little bit differently. And we do it under the umbrella that people would come to know Jesus that is a core value that we have at our church. And my hope for you is that too would become a core value that you have. Not only as if you're a member of Alpine Church or maybe you're visiting today, but this would also be a value that you have in your life, in your relationships, in everything that you do. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that, that you love us so much that you stopped at nothing to be in relationship with us, God. That you gave up your life, an extreme sacrifice, Jesus, you gave up your life so that we could be in a relationship with the living God. And Lord, the result of that, may it not just be self-centered or self-focused. May it not just be about what I can do for me, but instead, God, would it be what can I do for you? And what can I do to point people to you? The change that you have made in my life, how can I give that to other people? Lord Jesus, there are people in this room who have never put their faith in you, and they're here for a reason. With the power of your spirit, would you begin to show them a love that only you can give them? Would you draw them into a relationship with you? For those of us in, in this room, God, maybe who need to be challenged, would we be a church, would we be a people that put others first above ourselves? Would we be willing to sacrifice time, treasure, and talent to point people into a relationship with you? And God, would that all be under the umbrella of knowing that, that no greater love is this, that you would lay down your life me and for us. God, would that, would that spur us on, would that light a fire in us to tell the world about you and about a relationship with you, God. May we always be a church and a people who give up things that we love to things that you love, and that's your people. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.